and welcome to episode 34 of the Fancy Fitbar pod. We are the podcast that talks about Scottish football through the unique lens of fantasy football. My name's John. It's the last preview episode of the season. I'm joined as ever, as I have done for the last 33 episodes by Scobie. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, John. I'm good. Tinge of sadness as the season draws to a close. Uh, I feel like we're, it's like Frodo and Sam. We're just about at the top of Mount Doom. I'm carrying you on my back at this point. Um, you know, I can see the ends in sight. Uh, so, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. It's been, it's been a pleasure. We are getting there. And for this last preview episode, we have, ladies and gentlemen, a celebrity amongst us. Um, <laughs> God, Fireworks. God. <laughs> Among mere mortals. It was the player that had the highest score in last game week, it's none other than Gregor Smith, or Neebs as he's more fondly known as, manager of the Rob Roy Rogues. Welcome. Thank you for having me, boys. As a self-confessed fantasy football complete and utter nerd, this is a big moment for me. I was the guy in his bedroom, age 10 years old, sending my transfers by post to the Daily Record. <laughs> I bloody love fantasy football and having this season and listening to you boys has just been my week. And to be honest, just a, just a dream. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, mate, that is the best intro we've had from any guest so far. Absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, I'm going to forgive you all of your time changes. I mean, it's been like trying to deal with Mariah Carey. Um, you know, he's, he's moved the pod recording time three times already this evening, but he's getting let off after that introduction. Pleasure to have you on, Neves. So good. So good to have you back. So how, how are we taking this pod on tonight, guys? Well, we will, of course, go with part one, and that is bra or not. We've all got bras and gnaws. Scobie's got no idea what Gregor's bra is going to be, have you? I've got nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Enlighten me. And then in part two, we will try, we'll, 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 we'll dip back into last uh, game week's action, if you can remember that from the uh, past your mind back to before the Scottish Cup semi-final action that was taking place over this weekend, and that was pretty epic. And then in part three, we have a new part for you listeners this week in part three. It's called Fit You Dane. Scobie, what is Fit You Dane? Fitty Dane is our uh, summation ahead of the week ahead. What are we doing with our teams? What are the transfer decisions that we're pondering? Who's definitely coming in? Who's definitely going out? Uh, so yeah, something to, to uh, get us going um, into, into the new week and into the new season. Superb. Um, so without further ado, Gregor, do you want to kick us off with your bra? Absolutely do. And you've teed me up an absolute cracker here, but somehow I got the best score in fantasy football Scotland last week. But no, actually, somehow um, I'm a man of spreadsheets. I'm a man of projections. I'm a man of game theory. And for about the last five or six weeks, I've been teeing this one up. I've been seeing it. I think in, I'm, this game week is one for me. I think I can take... I can exploit this, I can see how I get there. So I've been plotting my transfers for the last five or six weeks and I just got there. So the, that so is just, absolutely just... bullshit, Scobie. You know what actually <laughs> happened? You know what actually happened? I was standing next to John at the side of our football pitch. We we're both on the bench, as we commonly are, and I had five minutes till fucking lock and I said, John, who am I putting in my team? 
and there we go. I looked at my team and I've now realised that John tried to scandal me. He said Lafferty's injured. He wasn't. Uh, and I've got lucky. I put Devante Cole in the team and I've come up Trump. So, um, yeah, there we go. It was meant to be a story of, of, of projection <laughs> and plan, but it was as lucky as you could ever do. So, uh, boys, I'll, I'll run you through the team very quickly. Um, so, we've got, we've got Liam Kelly in goal, seven points, clean mm. sheet, legend. We've got um, Mr. Doig at, at, in defence, two points, fine, but what a baller he is. We've got Mr. Barisic, five points, standard assist. We've got Stephen O'Donnell, I think I'm his biggest critic, but 13 points, goal and a clean sheet. And I can't believe I'm, going to, goals, I can't right? believe I'm going to be cheated on Stodsy for the bloody Euros. But here we you, know, you, know you're, you know you're having a good week when Stodsy slams He's just head. popping up with 13 points and you're thinking, <laughs> what's going on here? We've then gone to midfield, we've got David Turnbull, one point pumped. Uh, we've got Ryan Kent, standard, five points assist. Callahan and McGrath, I think the, the podcast darlings with a, a goal apiece. McGrath with the vice captain's armband on as ever. Got the ugly sisters up front, Morelos and Edward, goal apiece. And then our man, thanks to John Moore, Devante Cole, captain's armband on, goal and assist. Thank you, boys. Taking the boys home 80 points. So I must add a wee shout out to podcast friend Adam McKinnon. Of Brora Rangers, also oh. pumped to the weekend just for the assist on that one. Well, good to see you, Gregor. Cheers. Uh, sorry, it's going to get me to heart, but yeah. So there we go. That's sorry, that was long and winded, but that's my problem. Absolutely brilliant. And, and just to put some context into your score, Gregor, I was actually having a look at the, the top, the mega leagues, the top 10 players in the whole of Fantasy Football Scotland. So your score was 80 points in that game week. The top score at the top 10 players, was only 52. So you've absolutely smoked them. Stephen O'Donnell, what can I say? <laughs> Stodsy, lad. <laughs> you know, we've had a real lack of folk that have had Stodsy in their squad, actually. Um, like, you know, we've not really, John. I don't think either of us have had Stodsy at any point. And I don't know if we've had a guest that's had Stodsy either. So it's quite refreshing. To have a yeah. Stodsy owner on the, and he's come up with 13 and I, points. And I don't, I don't even like the guy. Like, I, I'm his biggest critic, and I just had him in the team. There we go. <laughs> as, a, as a fellow fullback, Gregor, you must, you must have sort of thought. Yeah, but you know me, I'm a bit of a attacking fullback, and Stodsy's just, you know, he's right back, you know, sitting, playing the ball, like he's not wanting to get goals and assists and he's popping up with 13 points. So, so look, I'm pro, pro Stodzy for Euros now. Let's go. We've got yeah. Stodzy one flank, Robbo with another chalk and cheese. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> so good. So good. Because, yeah, I mean, I can't see Stodzy putting out many Rabonas, but... <laughs> Is that Gregor's uh, special move? Is that your special move, Gregor? I mean, I've done it once in a proper game and I rabonaed it in my own half and I scuffed it behind me and sent the striker through a goal <laughs> and he scored. Uh, and my captain nearly ripped my head off. Um, thankfully, we won that, came back and won 3-2, but yeah, not my finest hour, but... Scooby, it's always in my mind. I'm always trying to do these sort of, trying to please the fans. But um, yeah, you do strike me as a man that, like Sergio Aguero, would, would go up for a paneca if you had. Oh, a, if you, I mean, I am literally. Everyone's giving. You're a clear player. I'm clapping. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
you know, he's looking at a good send off and he's doing that. Imagine, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm, I mean, I feel terrible for the body, but, but uh, I, 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 applaud, right. I applaud the audacity. Well, not to make it a negative, but Greg, uh, Gregor, tell us, what is your uh, gnaw of the week? Oh, God, I hate to grumble because I am a bit of a money bugger, but yeah. I'm a bit of a, you know, fantasy football nerd. And all the, uh, you're right, all the English fantasy Premier League managers moaning about the Liverpool man you call off last week. Give me a bloody break. Oh, Bruno, Salah, Trent Alexander. Have you seen what we've gone through in this fantasy football season? We had one week, one week of normality before eight Aberdonians decided to go to Seoul Casino for beers. And it destroyed our season. Then game week two, we've got games called off. By game week three, two games, three games were called off one hour before kickoff, crashing the fantasy football servers as we all tried to make transfers in. Killy then surrendered six points. Dungeon United isolated nine players. In game week 25, we had two games, like four <laughs> games. You could barely put a score uh... on paper. And last season, our season got cancelled due to a dodgy app. And they're moaning about Man U Liverpool and triple game weeks being unfair because people can put Fernandez captain. Give me a bloody break. <laughs> Grind, grinding my gears. So yeah, sorry to bring negativity, but they should, should realise what they've got. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I totally agree. I mean, you're bringing back so many brilliant memories of it. Well, not the app of last year, but of this season. And just how exciting it's been and having to adapt and be flexible to all these random COVID outbreaks happening and, and yeah. postponements and things like that. And yeah, to see, see our, our English sort of peers complaining about something so little, it, it does make you laugh. Yeah. They've not dealt with us in their car share. Um, you know, <laughs> they've dealt with that. Then come back and, with Bobby's Lamelles and goals for St Mirren. Six hours before getting a contract. Yeah, Wasn't they, Jamie oh. Langfield having to be uploaded to the Fantasy Football Scotland <laughs> servers at one point? Bloody hell. Frantically oh. trying to find his age if he's young, or younger than 40. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I actually didn't take that as a negative. No, I, it was a very enjoyable one, Gregor. Thanks for that. Mm. Um, as John said, lots of good memories. John, uh, where are you going to take us? So I'm 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 doing broad laws in um I'm gonna look at manager and young player of the season. So I'm gonna start with the bra and we're gonna go managers of the season because in general I think there's some great outstanding candidates for manager of the season this year. Uh, so obviously you've got Steven Gerrard at Rangers, you know, they're unbeaten in the league this season, been doing been doing brilliantly, stopped nine in a row, all that jazz, won the first league title for that new club. So that's gone well for him. Uh, number two, and uh, after today's uh, result in the Scottish Cup semi-final, David Sinison Johnson is now looking like he could be the man that takes this um, accolade at the end of the season. Because if he leads them to a cup double and top six, I think it's hard to argue that he shouldn't uh, shouldn't be manager of the season. Um, and, and he's just been fantastic. I think you know since sort of November when. By then, he's sort of got his feet under the table with St. Johnson. They've been, they've been probably the third best team in Scotland, I think you could easily argue. And, you know, their, their performance at Ibrox and Rangers in the Cup was, was, was so complete. And they really attacked Rangers like no one else really has done this year in Scotland. So I think it'd be brilliant to see him uh, scoop up the award if it comes to it. And then just running down the other two, uh, Steve Clark, Sir Steve. 
he's in for it, obviously guiding us to uh, to the Euros. Um, no fantasy football scoring relevance, but people like always gets mentioned. <laughs> he always gets mentioned. He always gets mentioned. We're less than a month away, and uh, Davy Martindale's in there, which I think you know is is fair enough given how well he started. But I don't think he's really in the running here. I think it's between the top two that I mentioned there. What do you, what do you guys think? Uh, for me, yeah, I actually, it's, it's, it's so hard to not do it with any sort of um, bias because I uh, reflect on what Gerard's done and it's been so impressive and particularly what he's done in Europe. But I think in terms of doing more with less, Davidson, like he's already won it for me. I think it's so fantastic what he's done there and he didn't, really bolster his squad much when he came in you know he's not made many signings he's worked with the squad that he had there and to reach two cup finals to win one I I genuinely do think they're going to win the other and I'm not saying that as a Hearts fan I just do think they're going to win the second to win two cups and to scrape that top six and really be pushing teams like they have done in the latter half of the season I think it's just so impressive so for me um, you know I always love the underdog and I think it's Davison. Yeah, I think you're right, Scobie. And it pains me to say this, but what Stephen Gerrard's done with Rangers is just is incredible. And it feels he's got Rangers to a stage where they can really compete in Europe and they can attract players. And even though I'm, I'm not the biggest Rangers fan, I'm excited to see how far they can go. Uh, and I think it's brought that real sort of buzz back to Scottish football. But you're right, Calm Davidson doing something with nothing. But for me, Stephen Gerrard's like he's turned them into a force of nature. He, he has, but, but Rangers should have won a cup. You can't get away from that. They should have won a cup. And I think that's probably the only thing that's letting them down. Yeah. Where this vote goes, I just, you know, and to not even make a final, you know, it's, it, it's got to be a little bit of a marker in the season. I know they did very well in Europe, but like, yeah, for a team that's been so dominant in the league, what what went wrong there uh, with knockout football? So, yeah, but a good one, John. A good pool of people, and obviously Davy Martindale, pod favourite. If he ever wants to come on, he's welcome. Davy on. Davy's welcome. Right, my no, my no is it's to do the Young Player of the Season award, and it's the fact that it's only Scottish players can qualify for the Young Player of the Season award. So the, the guys that have got it is Josh Doig, Lewis Ferguson, Nathan Patterson, David Turnbull. I feel someone, and again, going back to uh, St. Johnston here, someone like Ali McCann, who's 21, you know, won a cup. He's now, now in another cup final. He's made multiple international appearances. It's just a shame to see that calibre of player miss out on even getting um, nominated for the award. And I actually had a look down in, in England to see what they do. And is this a thing that, you know, happens across Britain? And despite Trent Alexander-Arnold, he's obviously English, being the current holder of that award. Uh, like Leroy Sané won it a couple of years ago. Obviously, he's German. Hazard won it before him. So it just seems like a strange quirk in the rules. Um, it'd be nice to see um, some, some other guys qualify for, for this award. I think a strange quirk, but then you're just going to get French Eddie winning it for the last couple of seasons. And, you know, what Dembele before that. So... I think you're right, but yeah, lovely to see homegrown players winning and, and Ali McCann not even getting a shout is harsh, but to see, you know, Josh Doig win the Football Writers Player of the Year today in front of, you know, guys like French Eddie is, is, mm. makes for a better reading for me, but uh, yeah, I completely understand what you mean. 
yeah. What's the actual? What's the cutoff for um, for young player of the year? What's the age we go up to on that? Including twenty one. Yeah. Right. So Ferguson he won it last year, but to be honest, apart from that hot streak at the start of the season, hasn't done done much. Yeah, McCrory, you would have thought might have been in for a shout for it as well. It's a... He's been shite for the second half of the season. Yeah, second half of the season. yeah first half of the season, you probably thought. That, yeah. Patterson, you know, he's been brilliant at Rangers for the 14 games he's played. But again, it's only 14 league matches. I mean, I think he's future Scotland right back for years to come. So again, I think it has to be Josh Doig. Um, and, and there, he's going to scoop it all up. And uh, there'll be a lot of people um, trying to get, well, certainly a lot of interest, I'd imagine, coming towards e Easter Road this summer for, for his signature. Yeah, it's funny. Quite a lot of Hits fans are a bit like hot and cold on him. Like, I think um, maybe it's the affection that they have for uh, for Lewis Stevenson and the way that he's come and taken that away. But, like, I've never heard them quite so, like, vocally hot on Doig, where, where you know, we, we look at him as outsiders and think, you know, he's he's brilliant. I think, you know, even when he got his goal the other week, it was like, you know, it wasn't very much of a goal. He sort of, his body happened to be there and it sort of bumped off him. Yeah, he got a lot of clean sheets, but I don't think he was the one to blame. He was the, he, he was the one that, you know, could take uh, credit for that. So, yeah, it's a funny one. Um, but I know I do like, I do like Doig. Uh, he's been a, a fancy asset for sure. Coming up big with the two points for Neebs in his 80 points. Oh, yeah, perfect, perfect. <laughs> yeah, what a baller he is. You're right, just shame he's another left-back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why do we keep getting them? I think he's been handled well by Jack Ross as well this season. He's managed him well. He's taken him out the firing line when things have gone gone a bit difficult and then yep. brought Stevenson in for that experience. I think there was a, there was a little period where he, I think they went Celtic Park and he got absolutely humped in the wing. But he's been brought in at the right points. And that's what you need to do with a young player. They're going to make mistakes. Yeah. And that's the nature of what, what happens. So there you go. That was, uh, that was my bros and nos this week, gents. Very good. Well, I'll take us home then. No one's going to introduce me. I'll introduce myself. Uh, <laughs> thanks, John. Oh, you're not going in a huff already, are you? <laughs> So yeah, I mean, this is, this is just concluding, you know, as I, as I started. Uh, where am I going to start? I'll start with my bra. Um, and my bra this week, it's, well, it's Hamilton's survival prospect, but really it's Brian Rice's post-match interview. <laughs> my quote of the weekend, possibly my quote of the year from Brian Rice here, uh, describing his fight to stay up as like climbing Everest with your flip-flops on. <laughs> Which, like... <laughs> in, a, in a season in which he's had some absolute battles, including the complete meltdown he had um, when he was rightly talking about decisions that have gone against them, um, you know, and referees, and he, he was he was particularly polite at the time of having this meltdown. He kept telling all the reporters it was not their fault, um, you know, as he blew a gasket. It was just, it was just brilliant, and quotes like that just make you love the man even more. I I'm going to go ahead and say I really don't want Hamilton to go down. I know a lot of people in Scotland like, wow. hey, love to hate Hamilton, but I, I don't want to see them go. I think they've just had so much character this year. Um, and they've proved once again that we can never write them off. What do you think, gents? You can never write them off. I'm, I'm done with him, Scooby. I'm sorry. I'm just done. I'm not done with Brian Rice, but I'm done with Hamilton. Bloody hell. Get Ross Callahan to Aberdeen and get them down. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Well, I was going to say, yeah, you say Ross Callahan, obviously, he's a, he's a man we've talked about a lot. and He was, he was really lively in their game. Um, 
at St Mirren, you know, last weekend. But but it's Bruce Anderson again who set up Moyo in what was one of the strangest goals and finishes of the year. He sort of walked into it, but but Anderson did <laughs> no goal without what Anderson did. So um, look, are you interested in 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 seeing? And we've not really we've not sort of covered this one off, but just if anyone is unclear. Um, Gregor is a Dons fan as well, so I'm out in a very outnumbered on this pod. But are you interested in seeing Bruce come back next year, or do you think it's Curtin's room at Aberdeen? Scobie, quite how you've let two Dons fans get on this podcast, I'm really <laughs> not too sure. Um, but yeah, you've you've teed me up on a low knee, so you've 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 swept that one under the carpet quite nicely. But yeah, Luke, it's standard answer from any Dons fan. Everyone loves Bruce Anderson. Everyone wants to see him do well. He scored a couple of big goals for us before and been given a chance and not really done it. And the, the new management there and, uh, and and the England striker coach Russell at the helm, like I hope he could be nurtured. Um, but yeah, look, he's doing great for Hamilton. My gut tells me just doesn't quite have it. Yeah. I'd agree, and I think I think he does deserve that chance, doesn't he? And especially the way that Glass is saying he wants to play with this sort of more sort of fluid style football, and not this under McInnes, it became very much lump it up to the big guy and see what happens. And um, so maybe he can prosper a bit better in a team that keeps the ball on the deck a bit more. Yeah, oh, he's been fantastic at Hampton. Though. It's just great to see someone go like go to go to you know what was a smaller club in the league and just play with so much confidence since he's got there he's just he's, he's clearly said this is my chance and you know yeah. i know who's watching so um yeah it's great to see i mean callahan though it's ross callahan show this year and mm-hmm. um, the whole premiership feels like that at some points he's just been so brilliant um the goal was great rassles the crossbar in the second half just yeah. all-round great performance i mean i don't know how they're going to keep a hold of him um I actually subbed him out this week. Um, I also followed John's advice names, and I went with well, I went with Jamie McGrath, who um, who obviously had an absolute rocket, which wasn't enough, but did make it two one. And he's also been linked, obviously, at Pataud- with Pataudry. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, as you said, the two darlings, McGrath and Callahan, you can't go wrong with either of them. So that was my bra. Still uh, <laughs> got an image of Brian Rice walking up Everest in flip flops. Put <laughs> <laughs> it in my head. With a couple what of else? <laughs> What else is he wearing? Is he wearing like, a Hawaiian shirt and shorts? Aki's Aki's a way top. Colin Quanner in the back. I just feel like Brian Rice is going to finish the season off. They'll probably stay up. No, that scene in the Inbetweeners when Simon comes home and he just walks upstairs to his bed and he's like, hi, mom. And gets in bed. He's like, oh. <laughs> just cries. That's what Brian Rice is going to do when he gets home after the season. Just like, how can you go through so much in one in one short season? Um, the man's an absolute, an absolute legend. Um, so yeah, to tie it all off, my gnaw is um, well, it's 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 not getting to do another fantasy football pod uh, prior to game week for what will probably be about two and a half months. Uh, so yeah, this one's this one's really me just taking a taking opportunity to say thank you to everyone that's 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 listened this year and um, gone on this funny old journey with us. So yeah, it's been a pleasure. We'll give you updates on on you know our plans for for next season. Um, we've got some uh, we've got some fun stuff in the in the mix for next year and and for the upcoming season. But we'll we'll save that for the for the sort of wrap the wrap party. What we call it, John? 
the season wrap party. We're going to do in two weeks. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's sad, but it's also really exciting. Looking forward to next year. Superb. All right, that sounds like a, that's been a great part one. Lads, let's, let's stop it there. Welcome back to part two of this week's Fantasy Fitbar pod. We have Gregor Smith in the house with us this week. Now, guys, just to give you a little flavour of this guy, he was my uh, first football captain at university. And in the team talk, first team talk before the game, he famously said, I would rather you shot from 30 yards and hit the bar than scored a tap-in. Oh my God, I'm glad you remember that, John. But yeah, I stand by that comment. I'm a man of flair, I'm a man of expressing yourself. And yeah, Luke, I hope that helped us on our way to 32 games with no wins. Beggar's <laughs> um, yeah, a man on a, I imagine on Football Manager that just set the team to gung-ho. Yeah, gung-ho, gung-ho, go and enjoy yourself, boys. Enjoy the beers after. That's, <laughs> yeah. my, that's basically my motto in life. Um, so, yeah, there, there we go. And uh, I think John was adopted that well. Yeah, <laughs> probably too well. <laughs> <laughs> right, Scobie, so you're going to whip us around the grounds. Where are we starting? For oh, whip us around the grounds. Well, it feels like we've got to start in Glasgow for the old firm. Once again, went Rangers way um, last Sunday with, a, I would say, a comprehensive victory. My question to you boys is, before we get into the meat and bones of the game, was this Celtic's worst old firm performance of the year? Yeah, it, it's just, it's limp for me. It's, you know, the season's over, just put some bloody pride in it, boys. Mm. And they've just been absolutely pumped. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, Rangers are streets ahead of them. Like, let's not lie about this, but Celtic had an opportunity to go and just, you know, put some, you know, just, just put something into it. And they just got dumped. Mm. But I just, think guys like Ryan Kent and Arrivo are just miles ahead of Celtic. Absolutely. Like these they just like these are Kent is the sort of player that reminds me of Rangers in our young time, like when they used to have guys like Loudrop who were just, you know, dominating games. The guy is just miles ahead. If they hang on to him next season they're doing really well. And I just I don't think Celtic had any answers. Yeah. I thought Ryan Kent was, you know, totally unplayable. He he embarrassed multiple players on Sunday, including uh, the Aberdeen assistant manager, Scott Brown. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. He tagged out um, in the white and green stripes. But, uh, yeah, I thought Kamar Roof as well um, returned um, to what was an all-round fantastic performance from him. I think he was really unlucky if you look back on it. Um, John, you'll agree, I know you've been a massive Roof fan the whole year, but um, he had that, that little injury spell. Um, which I think sort of dented him, but he, you know, he's when he's been around this season, he's just been so so good, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he's been he's been quality um, all season, and as you say he's just been a little bit unfortunate by injuries, not to not to score probably another 10, 10 goals, mm. but, but looked really good. Yeah, just back to your Celtic point, I'd say they look like a team without a manager. They look they look so there's just so leadless, so lack of direction, and I get that you know you want to take time to get the right man in, but like. Jings, they've been what managerless for over two months now. Um, 
I, I know it was meant to be Eddie Howe. If Eddie Howe was going to be Celtic manager, he would be appointed by now. That just clearly isn't happening. I think he wanted some director of football, the Bournemouth director of football in, and Celtic have said no to that. So that's not happening. So you just don't even know where they're going next with this, do you? Yeah, the longer it goes on, the worse it gets. Um, you, you've got Mare, Morelos doing nutmegs on Scotty Brown in the box and taking it top corner. You've got taking on old man Defoe, taking young Stephen Welsh for a taxi. Oh, like, what is going on? Like, they're, they're, they're taking the piss. Like, if man, I was a Celtic fan, I'd be struggling to watch it. A man young enough to feasibly be Jermaine Defoe's son. Just yeah, getting turned inside. Just getting, getting ragged. It was embarrassing. Oh. Embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, French Eddie delivered a goal for those of us who who kind of kept the faith, but there there was genuinely nothing else to write home about from a Sally point of view. Really, really miserable, and I think we all saw this coming. Um, you know, just a commanding performance from Rangers. And I don't think there's much more to be said about that, to be honest. Um, or the only thing I would say is that they've um, answered all those questions we had pre-split when we thought Rangers might fall off. From a league point of view, that's not been the case. They've, they've if anything, stepped it up a notch. Maybe just one thing, Scobie, from a fantasy football Scotland point. Tav back in, what we're thinking. It's mm. a good point, John. What do you think? Well, I do. well, the problem with putting Tav in is, is that you generally we're all triple Rangers, aren't we? Yeah. So if you just take, is it take, you, you don't want to, you basically have to replace him with one of your Rangers players, what you've got to do, and it's who who do you take out from that? Is it Barisic, potentially? I mean, we've all got the cash in the bank to, to level up, and I noticed that he's actually got, um, he's a doubt for this week coming up. And although I was chatting to our resident um, bear, Ian Finlay, just before pod, and he was saying that he will be fit, he should be okay for the two games, but do, do, do you sub him in for someone like that? Because um, it has to be a straight swap, I think. I don't think it's taking like a midfielder Rangers out, because then you're talking about taking hits, um, which we don't like to do. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think. I mean, it would surprise me if, if um, Tav got another goal this season. Just to add to that tally, mm-hmm. um, I've got McGregor and Kent at the moment. Both feel like really solid players to have. I think most people still have the you know the three Rangers assets, so it's about swapping one of them out. So I think if it is, it's probably Barisic, isn't it? Um, so yeah, good point, Gregor. Maybe, maybe. Um, so then moving on, Dundee United, full of confidence, having dispatched a paltry Aberdeen side out of the cup. I'm loving this, by the way. Just the in all of my part two around how many Aberdeen gags I can get in. Just so everyone's clear. Uh, so yeah, so surely a home tie against relegation battlers Ross County would be a stroll in the park. Well, no, this is Scottish Premiership football, and of course that's not the case. Um, Ross County rising out of the ashes. Big Jordan White had other ideas and scored his second in two games. A little bit of a run emerging for, for the big man. Could he be someone worth considering for the like, last couple of games? Big Jordan. Gregor? I think, I think he's a, I think he's a big shout. He is 0.8% owned on Fantasy Football Scotland. That is disgusting for probably the most hungry striker and natural goal scorer I have seen in this league. I think Ross County, and I know we'll speak about them, are the boys to look for. And we'll come on to that in part three. But look, they destroyed Dungeon United. They destroyed them. They were nowhere. Um, and Dungeon United had another terrible weekend. And... 
I think I think Jordan White is a man to be sought after, boys. Yeah, I totally agree. Four and a half, four point four million, and especially with Lafferty again apparently being injured, you know, we are looking at that third striker option probably. Um, so yeah, Neves, great shout, and to be honest, he's bang on my radar. I suppose this is interesting with United, wasn't it? Because they played the exact team, exact same team that pumped Aberdeen so comprehensively. Like it was a like Aberdeen was were, were, were shite, right? But United were brilliant. You know, they were so hungry, they, they pressed high, they got around, they created loads of chances, they got in behind Aberdeen so many times, and it, it, it could have been more. And then to go, I mean, I, and I get, you know, maybe the league, the motivation isn't quite there, and perhaps that's probably United now a team to avoid, I'd say, going forward. But it was, it was a, such an insipid no, I, I don't. I, I don't think that that's an excuse, John. I think it, this has been a hallmark of the United season the whole year. They've not backed up big performances and they've not scored enough goals in the league. And that's the two things. They're a solid team. They're well managed by Mellon, but they have a tendency to just fall off after they've put in really good performances because it does feel like we have, and John, you'll know this from the pod, week by week, we're saying different things about Dundee United. They look so impressive sometimes. They're so solid at the back. We love Benji Seagrace. We love what our bat line does. We love certain players. And then it's just nothing. And then they'll score a couple of goals. They'll go on a bit of a run, a couple of games, and then we've got a drought again. You know, and I, I think at the moment, I, I can't see any reason why Clark could justify taking Shanklin to, to the Euros. I think it would be a completely wasted spot. He's not in good form. He's not scored goals in the Premiership. And he's had opportunities. He's played essentially every minute he could have played. You know, so, you know, it's, it's something he's got to sort out because I really like him. He comes across well. And it's good to have Dundee United back in the league. But, you know, you, you just you can't go around that way. You can't, you can't just drop off like that. Yeah, especially with uh, Kevin Nisbet scoring that lovely goal for Hibs yesterday at Hamden, um, outside outside the box, bottom corner. I mean that 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 he's that's the place where Shanklin's going to be competing in that Scotland squad. And yeah, right now, for me, it's Kevin Nisbet. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Ross County is. Oh, it's like it's a bit of a junkyard though. I find Ross County. I don't don't quite know who and what I'm looking for. Luckily, Jordan Light right, is very large, so you can find him quite easily. But it's, um, I don't know if you can shed any more light on that, uh, Gregor. You know, the yeah, are. I, Luke, I think Ross County are your targets, boys. And my man is Blair Spittle. And he's a baller, by the way. Takes all the set pieces, great on the wing. Uh, another assist at the weekend. I think he is looking like what you want to do. He's, again, 1.1% owned. 3.2 million. Mm. The one thing I must say is he is a massive sub risk. He subs about 65, 70 minutes every week. Mm. So, you know, that, you know, it's a bit not, not great on that front. Um, Michael Garden, another quality player. He's been there all his life. He's been there. He's come back. Um, I, I back him. But yeah, I think Jordan White's the one for me. He's going to be. Brilliant. I love that. I love that spittle shout, Gregor. Is he a guy you put in your DraftKings every week? Uh, if if DraftKings did Scottish football, Blair Spittle would be my captain. <laughs> There's not the only one that gets the plumes pumping. I'm bringing Blair Spittle this week, but you know what? You don't get top score without without making moves <laughs> like that. Um, I actually think Lacavetti as well. He sort of popped up with a few goals in the last couple of games. That's uh, two and three he's got. Um, he always seems to be involved in stuff, Lacavetti, um, and he's consistently playing. So I mean, if you've got a spot, then maybe, but. It's, uh... I tell you one guy we won't be picking, and that is Ian Viger, who's the dirtiest bastard in the Scottish Premiership. Yeah, yeah. I got fifteen yellow cards this season. 
He's only been 30. He's only played like 34 games. He but is the talent. definition of a hatchet man, isn't he? <laughs> Bloody hell. That's talent, though. He's managed to space them enough that he's not got a ban. It's really, it's going to pull. Um, so, yes, a, a, a surprising upturn, uh, you know, in events there. Uh, the final game we'll focus on, and it's, uh, it's time for me to hand over to two Aberdeen fans to sit back, put my feet up, probably go make a cup of tea, put the mute on, uh, and enjoy them. <laughs> bleating about their win over Livingston um, last weekend. Boys, what happened? How was it? I mean, I don't want to be bleating about a 2-1 victory over Livingston. <laughs> Aberdeen are terrible. We are terrible. And look, I was very happy with the Stephen Glass Scott Brown debacle. All I wanted was something different. And boy, did I get something different. <laughs> um, what we've got in store for Aberdeen is just an absolute roller coaster. But just to see us score two goals away from home, it's a different thing. And, and John, I'm sure you agree, just having Ryan Hedges back is just a different level, isn't it? Yeah. But as, as Glass said, it's like having a new signing in that team and hopefully can keep him in the summer and really look to build the attack around him, I think. You know, especially with Scott Wright having gone. Um, we got to look for look to him for creativity. I think massively. I think so. And look, the signing of Declan Gallagher in the in the midweek is a massive coup for Aberdeen. Like, I feel after the Euros, he was he's the sort of guy that goes straight to Swansea City or somewhere and fills in at centre back. And yes, he's thirty years old, but to get him at the back with Considine. And I'm hoping if we can keep hold of him. I mean, we've got a really good base with young boys like Ferguson, McCrory, and young guys coming through. But, you know, boy, we need goals. And um, I don't know if Calm Henry is the answer. I know he's a loanee. And um, Mr. Russell, our striker coach, says he's going to leave no stone uncovered in search. Cut off Devante Cole. But um, let's, uh, let, let's, let's see where we go there. Yeah, yeah, Cole would be a fantastic shout, wouldn't he? Um, hopefully, but we've not got great history of signing Motherwell strikers for him with Curtis May. <laughs> oh, I thought we were done with Curtis May on the podcast, too, Frizz. I thought you'd RIP'd him a few months ago, John. Well, I mean, if Devante Cole's not in the market, you know, you, you, my, my next question was going to be, does J. Emmanuel Thomas score any other goals, which are not absolute rippers? I think he might be my new favourite player. What a baller he is. That strike was... And, oh, every single goal, every touch that man takes is just majestic. He's bobbling around the pitch with his hand in his pocket and being like, what is this league? And he's taking the piss. What a player. And I'd have him at Petordia in a heartbeat. Well, well, you say that, Gregor. There was there was rumours this week in the paper talk, you know, rustling around that Aberdeen are actually looking at him, and he, he obviously he's played pretty well in the two games recently against us. But I, I don't know. He, he just he scores screamers. He blows so hot and cold, and maybe just want a bit more consistency. But he would he's a, ro- he's a Rolls Royce, isn't he? <laughs> Is he? I think you ro- you roll him out for a few games and he's he's a he's a, he's a second hand Rolls Royce. He, he, he's unreal. He's unreal. I love him. Yes, he he's a great batter player. He is. He's someone that people look back on fondly. I'm sure when he does eventually lead. I mean, he. I was, I was trying to. I think it was. It was. I think first half of the season, uh, game Livingston were two one down and they brought him on and he set up one scored the other the one three two. 
was right in the midst of that Martindale, uh, you know, you know, just the Martindale wave. I can't remember who it was they were playing, but some of the touches of Shea Gregor, like, he's a talented player. He just, he's someone that, you know, someone will spend the big money on and then he'll just not deliver. It's what it feels like, but yeah. Can, can you imagine what he tells his mates about living in Livingston? <laughs> <laughs> the, man, the man's played in the Champions League. <laughs> it's unreal. I just it, it makes me laugh thinking about what he says to his mates about <laughs> going out in Livingston on a Saturday night. What, that's just brilliant. The Rolls Royce player, brilliant. Big yeah. man of the macaroni. I don't think we can go anywhere else apart from that. So uh, that that is all that I have got time for in uh, in part two. Welcome back to part three of episode 34 of the Fantasy Fit Bar pod. This week we have a new part. It's so important this week because we're going into the last whole week of the season. There are two game weeks coming up. So this part three this week will be called Fit You Den. And that is going to be exactly what I'm asking you two gents. So, Neebs, we'll start with you. Fit You Den. Fit Am I Den. <laughs> so... Uh, a bit of fantasy football strategy, if you don't mind. But no, I've been in this game a while, and I think a big thing that we all forget is when it comes to the end of the season that you need to have a goal in what you're trying to do. So just trying to like put out a team to earn X points every week doesn't work at this time. You've got 10 many leagues on the goal. You've got your big points to go. You really need at this point of the season to decide what your goal is. Is it to not be bottom of your league? Is it to try and chase someone down? Is it to try and beat your points total from last season? X, Y, and Z. And depending on that, that's where you make your decisions. So what am I doing is I'm in 35 leagues or whatever. I've picked one that I want to win, and that's the one that you were hunting me down, John. And I am going to be what we call in fantasy football Scotland, uh, fantasy football world, blocking. So my strategy is I have to block everything. So I have to pick all the chalk players. So chalk players are the, the, the whoever's got them all. I need to get the Jamie McGrath, the Callahans, the Kents, the Edwards, everyone in my team. I need to have in my team who everyone else has. Mm-hmm. So to be honest, what am I doing? I'm not doing a lot because I've already got that chop team. I've already got Callahan. I've got French Eddie. I've got Morelos. I've got Kent. I've got Barisic. And I'm not going to do a lot. Um, I'm going to spend a lot of the week looking through you boys around me um, and, and, and seeing what you guys have got. And, and if I see Lafferty's fit, uh, I will not hesitate putting Lafferty back in the team yeah. because that, if I, Everyone will look at my team right now and see I don't have Lafferty, so I need to block with Lafferty. Um, look, if I'm on the chase, so if I was someone else in a different league, uh, where am I doing? Uh, I think I'm looking at Ross County. I've spoken about Jordan White um, and I've spoken about Blair Spittle. But for me, and I know we've just lambasted them, but I think Celtic. I know they've been awful, but David Turnbull, James Forrest, mm-hmm. Taylor, and now Griffiths, now Dykes is a Dyke for the Euros, are all playing for Scotland places. They've just been embarrassed by Rangers. They've got St. Johnson and Hibbs to play, who are now on the beach. 
Eddie's playing for a contract, I honestly think load up on Celtic. And that's if you're chasing, load up on Celtic. There you go. I love that strategy stuff, Greg. I mean, that's just blown my fantasy football knowledge wide open. You could write a book on that. <laughs> just just blown the whole podcast, the whole season of the podcast. Right. Somebody coming on with a bit of strategy. <laughs> Me and John play it off the field, Gregor. Right. So it's fight, it's fight, and, and look, that is everyone will play it on field. But <laughs> you think about it, we're just putting yeah. the same boys in the team every week. Yeah, you, you've well, got to think about this week. Is it right to play Ross Callahan? Because everyone's going to be playing Ross Callahan. So if you want to get different, don't play Ross Callahan. Yeah. Like you, you've got to make those bold decisions if you're in second, third places in these leagues. If you're happy finishing third in your in your mates' league, then yeah, I'll be it. But yeah, you've got to take those bold, and it may mean that you finish fifth. Uh, but you've got you can't just stagnate. You've got to you've got to go for it or be prepared to to crash and burn. You you want to be the first person on this pod this season to say to load up on Celtic. They've got to come good at some point. <laughs> I mean, I mean. I, it's a bold, it's a bold call. I just, I just think, I just think their manager hunting the boys are going let, let, you know, let, let them go and win four or five in the last two games of the season. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I like that. Uh, Scooby, where, where, where's your hat? Fit, fit you then? Uh, I'm a bit simpler. I think I was a lovely and uh, very eloquently put strategy guide from from Gregor. I mean, I, you know, like we did our wild cards. I'm quite happy with the shape of my team. So. For me, it's certainly Shankland needs to go. Um, don't really have any interest in keeping him around for the last two weeks. It was going to be a very easy decision to bring in Devante Cole. But I'm now of a mind to bring in Kamar Roof because I feel like Kamar Roof is possibly, you know, hitting that form at the right time. I do think Rangers, this, you know, breaking 100 points is, I think, quite a big thing for them mentally. You know, there are 96, two games left. To break the hundred point marks, a real you know, it's a stake in the ground, isn't it? So, I um, I, I was interested in him, but then I think you know the conversation we were just having about Barisic potentially being injured. Do you bring in Tab? Do I bring in Tab and then bring in Devante Cole? There's decisions to be made there. So for me, it's sort of up front and it overtakes on run, run what I do with with that Shanklin sub. Okay, nice. Well, I'm gonna I, I'll I'll be having some similar thoughts as well. So what I'm thinking is Motherwell. Is it time to triple up on those assets? Because they've been the, they've been the star performers of this of the post six split. They've had three clean cheats in a row. You know all this chat about Stodzy earlier is just getting my plums pumping. I'm thinking Stodzy getting my team now. Um, and then Devante Cole. You know how many times have we said his name on this pod? Uh, let alone the whole season. Um, brilliant footballer. So he's got to be in there. And then Liam Kelly's quite a nice shout in goals because what's happened with the goalkeepers situation in since the split is actually a bit of a disaster. Because everyone's doubled up in Joe Lewis and Benji Segrist, and both of them are injured. So it, there is that putting those, the goalkeeper in that you think is going to start. And I think it's either Liam Kelly or I think we tipped uh, Marciano to go in. Mm. Now, don't shite your brakes as I did when I saw uh, Matt Macy start for Hibs yesterday at Hamden. Um, I, he has started every cup game for Hibs this season. Um, yeah. And so Marciano should continue in the league, despite um, obviously Hibs having the cup final going forward, and Macy signing a new two-year deal this week. Um, so just quite a bit, a bit of interesting chat on the goalkeepers there, lads. How how do you boys think 
it, it comes to the end of the season and everyone asks about rotation. And we talk about dead rubbers and we've got Dungeon United Motherwell mm. next weekend, you know, both playing for, you know, league places. Mm. No, no one's going to go down, no one's going to, you know, do whatever. For me, I've always seen these dead rubbers as actually quite high scoring. Like, often they will rotate the squads and it's 4 4, 4 3, it's nonsense. And I think it's very high risk to try and think about who's going to be the youngster that gets subbed in and I'm going to play him and he scores a hat trick. So, I, again, it's like you're saying to load up a Motherwell there. Do you think they are motivated enough to finish seventh? I know it is a lot of money to, to finish places. Or do you think we should be concerned about these sort of dead rubber games and focusing on people that are playing for places? Oh, it's, it, you can you can wrestle with this either, either way. I think. I mean, look, maybe to go back to your point on Ross County is getting a guy like Jordan White in, and they've got so much to play for in that relegation battle. Um, but you just have to remember that these teams are in the relegation battle for a reason, predominantly because they're shite. Yeah, it's certainly defensively. <laughs> Everybody's got something to play for, I think, at this point. I don't think there's that many teams. I think you, probably, you probably point at Aberdeen and Hibs to as teams that are, there's maybe less to, but you know that third spot's still a massive, you know, a massive uh, sort of uh, bit, bit, bit of light at the end of the tunnel for them. So I think there's there's arguments to be made across the across the league, to be honest, Gregor. Um, but yeah, John's right. Defensively, are you going to opt for some of those boys towards the bottom of the table? Probably not. How about, how about this for a show? I mean, when you were talking about Motherwell boys, John, I, I couldn't quite believe my eyes, but I don't know if you missed Jake Hasty. Yeah. Hammered one against, against the crossbar, I think, or just over. The opening chance of the game for Motherwell. Jake Hasty, who was John's top tip for the season. Um, oh, not top. I mean, I made a lot of tips. <laughs> he was in the original squad. I'd say he's a better midfield shout. I quite liked, and I don't know if you've seen Middleton's free kick today yeah. for the Super Jays in the in the semi final. Like sensational, right? This boy's on loan from Rangers and has been in really good form. He, he was the guy that scored the goal for St Johnston to put them into the top six. Yeah. Um, he's also scored uh, a goal and assisted two in his last three matches. Uh, he's on. He's kind of on on fire, and despite St Johnston being in the top six and having the cup final, he's a guy in form. Probably arguably the form player in Scotland just now. I think I think you're right. I, and I, I had written him down before today, and then after his exploits today, I think they're wrapping him in cotton wool. I think right. he's the he's the poster boy at Super Jays now. I remember him playing for Rangers. He's an absolute trickster, quality player. I just. I think you're right. What a player. There's just no way I see him playing before the cup final. Interestingly, though, he had a terrible spell when he was at Hibs on loan, didn't he? He didn't really do anything. Yeah. But it was oh, he did nothing. He, he was awful, but I, yeah. he was a good player. Brian Porteous yeah. played him an absolute blinder, you know, slotted him in for that goal. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, he's had some goals, but... I don't know how much he's done for himself. So it's sort of written there, isn't it? St. Johnston being Hibs bogey team and then Middleton yeah. obviously having such a shite loan spell with them as well that it's going to rip them a new one in the final. I mean, of course they are. They're definitely going to lose that final. <laughs> um, so it moves us on to wrapping up. Where were we <laughs> in the league? John, I feel for you, mate, because, uh, you know, you can only be overshadowed by our guest this week. But who was the top scorer in the Fancy Football Pod League this 
week. Farce hat. Is it? 51 points. Yes. A mere 51 points, Gregor. I mean, honestly, the most angry thing in my whole season is that I didn't join your league. I think I'm in about 35 leagues apart from the podcast league. I don't really understand how that's ever happened. Well, we're quite um, selective, Gregor, so it probably... It probably yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe I got my access denied, but yeah. Um, <laughs> I did reject a fair few numbers. Uh, yeah. Congrats, John, on the measly 51 pass. No, I was good. I think, you know, he's left it late, but it's good to see far as that topping out, um, you know, topping out there with a, with a 51. Um, a great score. Chofa League is still lost. Piman Tomneros, uh, Gunner. He's got a 10-point league over Andrea going into the last two weeks. So it'll be really uh, on a knife edge, that one. But yeah, thanks again to everyone that's been playing um, in our league this year. And Gregor, you might just get an invite for next year. Neebs, I've got got one late addition from Twitter on questions. Oh, one little question. Go on, then. It's it's from a a Wraith Rovers fan. So he's asked, with so many SPFL Premiership sides deploying a 3-5-2 shape this season with dynamic, attacking wing-backs, i.e. Johnny Hayes and Diego Laxalt, do you, Meebs, still feel there is a role for the traditional big left-back in the modern game? (laughs) Uh, I absolutely do, and I'll look no further than Mr. Sir Andrew Considine. He is my inspiration as the big left back of Scotland. And absolutely, the man has tucked in at left back for eight years. Um, it, it goes, goes. So yeah, yeah. Not, not a fan of three five two. Uh, I think there's a big place for big left backs. And, and look how far Andy's uh, season's going. I, I think he's going to the Euros. <laughs> oh, here's hoping. Uh Gregor, it's it's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. It's been I've really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been brilliant having you on. Yeah, last thing, Forever Killies just got back to me on Lafferty. Apparently he will be playing this week. So don't We knew that. We knew that. Nobody's yeah, getting rid of Kyle. Could could have told me that last weekend, John. I wouldn't <laughs> I, I wouldn't have been in the hot seat here. Exactly. <laughs> wouldn't be here. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Once again, we will be back for a little season-ending wrap-up um, at the at uh, the end of proceedings. But yeah, good luck for your next two weeks. Don't forget about the deadlines um, and happy high scoring. <laughs> <laughs>